Welcome to another episode of Splice Together. I'm Harper. Oh, you goof. And I am Macho. <laughs> my father! I found my father! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And today we're doing our June monthly roundup. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Howard. Uh, Good old Mr. Dean. Senor Dean. <laughs> How do you say "bia" in Spanish? Beyond. <laughs> bia. Uh, El bia. El bia. <laughs> El bia. Okay. Um, so we're talking about movies we watched in June. If you haven't listened to one of these no. before. July. July. I totally said June <laughs> several times already. You uh, are wrong. It's going to be that kind of episode. I'm out of it. Yeah. Uh, so. July. June is what I had written on it. It's got a podcast idea. We'll wake up at 4 a.m. and just wing it. Okay. <laughs> that is not what we're doing right now. <laughs> it sure sounds like it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, if you haven't listened to one of these before, we basically are going to talk about most of the movies we watched this past month. Uh, some of them we watched were new. Some of them we watched by ourselves. Most of them we watched together. So all of them together. are movies. <laughs> all of them are movies. Uh, and then for our mini <laughs> segment. Guarantee. Yeah, that's the slice together guarantee. Um, our mini segment on this episode, we're going to bring back something we haven't done in a long time, a movie debate. <gasps> so we're going to debate about which one of us should watch this other movie first. We're going to talk about Dead Man versus Scarface. Bum, bum, and bum. you, the listener, will get to decide. Mom. All one of them. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. So the last time we did a debate, it was Shadow of a I Doubt. Won. Yes, it was Shadow of a Doubt yeah. versus The Fugitive. And oh! once again, we picked. <laughs> I've picked a movie that's like weird and philosophical, and you picked like a popular movie. Harper, so, you've never seen Scarface uh, or to The keep Fugitive. It <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we'll get that later in the show. Who is right about Breakfast Club? Who was right about Shadow of a Doubt <laughs> and Dead Alive? How about how about Dead that? Alive is like the only one, the only one. Okay, the, the only, only great one. movie I've ever convinced you to watch. Minus Pin. Yeah, and but Pin. The Shout. Who recommended The Shout? That was yours, but Pin and Dead Alive. So I'm just I win forever. Better. Anyways, <laughs> let's save this furor for the debate. Uh, okay, so let's jump into our July yeah. <laughs> monthly roundup. So the first movie, I think we touched with the other one in this uh, episode. So anyways, there was a uh, the very last Joe Bob episode, I believe, for the season. Um, we, I think we already talked about one of them. Was Habit the other episode, the other movie in this episode? I don't know. Yeah, either. I'm all confused. But anyways, the one we didn't talk about yet was Uncle Sam. Uh, from what year was that? Uncle Sam came out in 1996, directed by William Lustig. I want you dead. That's pretty pretty good tagline. <laughs> uh, yeah, direct, 
Directed by Bill Lustig and very subtle now. written by Larry Cohen. <laughs> you didn't write. It was the same um, same duo that put out Maniac Cop 1 and 2. Maniac Cop 2 is worth it. Oh, Maniac 2 is awesome. Maniac Cop 1 is okay. All right. Uncle anyway. Sam, the corpse of a patriotic veteran, comes back to life on July 4th for no reason <laughs> and goes on a killing spree in his hometown, targeting anyone who offends his ultra-patriotic views. Does he have ultra patriotic views? Well, yeah, he's, he's just like a military. Anybody dude. who doesn't like support like war, and anybody who's not like ultra patriot patriotic. This is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you think about Uncle Sam? I don't remember anything except the stilt guy. I want to talk about that stilt sequence because it was pretty bizarre. <laughs> Let me remember the setup. There's a dude on like. 20 foot high stilts he was, and he's peeping into a girl's window. Yeah, he was going to be Uncle Sam for the and parade the next day. he gets killed. Yeah, he gets killed while he's on his stilts. And he takes his costume, but not the stilts. Correct, which is real <laughs> unfortunate because the, the killer on stilts sounds really interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrote that it had one or two fairly memorable kills. That was a good one. There was one where he kills somebody by like shoving a flag through their chest. It does have Robert Forrester in it. I think he's the one that gets killed with a flag. Yeah. As like the congressman. Yeah. But um, the movie's all too all over the place to be like super satisfying is what I thought. Like, I don't know. It's weird. There's like the, I don't know that it's like the kid's uncle. Like it's really confusing. First of all, like his relationship to both the women and the kid in the movie for a while. It takes a minute to figure out like, are these two women? Like, is it the, is it, it's the wife and the sister and they live together for some reason because he's gone wife and, and his dead. Sister, and yeah. I guess it just made sense. It's just strange. But, um, and then, yeah, he comes back to life for no apparent reason whatsoever. And there's yeah. just a lot of like oddities in the movie that don't really like, it's not super satisfying. It's not a terrible idea, but it just doesn't, it quite. is not executed. Right. No, just too bad. So, my review. That is one big pilot. S H I T. Two stars or less because I right. don't remember. It. I gave it three. I didn't think it was that. Three? Yeah, I didn't think it was three. quite that bad. It was fine. It just wasn't that great. Three? I've seen far, far worse. Two um, for me. And you can watch it on Shudder or Tubi. Yeah. Next up, we watched a little movie called Godzilla. What's Godzilla? From 2014. <laughs> um,. This was the first movie in the legendary uh, fran- Godzilla franchise directed by Gareth Edwards. The world ends. Godzilla begins. That's not a terrible title. Should be begins okay. again. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give a description of this movie. It's about Godzilla. Starring um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen, Juliette Binoche, Brian Cranston, Ken Watanabe, Sally Hawkins, Alsa Penza, it's a, David Stratham. It's a real <laughs> stretch to say that Juliette Binoche stars in this movie. Or Brian Cranston. Well, I guess he, he's in it a lot more than more, she is. But, but not a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't talk about this too much because we've definitely talked about it before. Uh, but this was a comfort movie for me. I was having a real bad day and I love this movie. Every time we watch it, I like it more. And I think I've upped my star rating a little every time we've watched it. (laughs) Um, I mostly like it, but I think there's some serious writing issues Yeah, where it's just like, what is their motivation for any of their choices that they make? Because they're all stupid. (laughs) Okay. No mom is going to abandon her child to go find her military husband who's been gone for like four years and just came back. And it's just not, that's not what happens. 
Yeah, I suppose. I don't think she went to look for him. She just didn't want to leave like, the She's like, I was told to meet him, him at the hospital, she so went into I have shelter. to go over there. She went into a shelter. Here, young child, go away on this bus, and I'll never see you With again. all the other kids they were evacuating. I don't nope. feel like it's that hard It's to weird. Keep your kid with you or go with them. I suppose. She's not going to abandon Anyways, him. Anyways, that's such a <laughs> teeny tiny part of the movie. It doesn't really There's other me. things, too. I just don't remember them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not All saying right. I don't like it. I'm just, the more we watch it, the more I just hate Elizabeth Olsen and how she's written. I hate how all the ladies are written. It's stupid. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a movie. Well, that's it's the a thing. not Hey Lady this movie. A, no, but this is a movie that's not a, it's a not a Hey Humans movie. It's a movie about monsters. Well, all the dudes get a lot to do. But what they She's do is, just, the, to oh, me, that's why this movie is great. Somebody. What the people do in this movie has no effect whatsoever on what happens with Godzilla and the monsters. Like they are totally ineffectual in, in understanding or uh, doing anything to change what's happening. And what a surprise, two dudes wrote the movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, I love it. I gave it four and a half stars. I gave it three and a half. It's uh, on HBO. I'm annoyed that we watched it. And then just after that, through Prime Day, we got the 4K that I've been waiting to yeah, watch. Yeah, I do want to see the 4K because it's supposed to lighten up some of the s- scenes because it's very dark and hard yeah. to see some things. And com- it's like, am I old or is Godzilla dark? From the comparisons I've seen, the 4K is a humongous uh, improvement on the way the movie looks. So I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, what's next? Next up, I watched a movie called Persuasion, which came out this year. It is directed by Carrie Cracknell. Um, it is a, whatchamacallit, story. You gotta tell me. Jane Austen. <laughs> Jane Austen right. story. Okay. So living with her snobby family on the brink of bankruptcy, Anne Elliot is an unconforming woman with modern sensibilities. When Frederick Wentworth, the dashing one she once sent away, crashes back into her life, Anne must choose between putting the past behind her or listening to her heart when it comes to second chances. Hmm. Starring Dakota Johnson, Cosmo Jarvis. Cosmo. That is a weird name. Who can names people Cosmo? Kramer. Henry Golding, Richard E. Grant, Nikki Amuka Bird, Ben Bailey Smith, A M U K A Amuka. I like Amuka. And some other people I don't recognize. So, I mostly enjoyed this movie. Um, but it's caused a lot of controversy because people are really upset. All the Austin army is upset because they think it was like the script was dumbed down and made too modern or progressive. Is this a brand new movie? Yeah. I said that. Oh, sorry. I missed that. Um, but I never read the story and I thought it was fine. So I liked it. It's not, you can't really compare it to like Pride and Prejudice from 2005 because that's still my favorite. John, Jane Austen. John Austen. John Austen. Um, but it does feel like Stone something. Cold Jane Austen. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like something's missing, though, like close up of hands or like <laughs> a Matthew McFadden. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I mostly bought their relationship. It's it's okay. Yeah. He's. I don't know if Cosmo Jarvis is the Cosmo leading man Jarvis. for me, though. So. <laughs> He has a weird voice. And a weird name. Yeah. 
Uh, and Dakota Johnson, I don't always like her, but she's been growing on me. So I think she was good in this. Yeah, I'm starting to think that it was unfair that she got her start with the Fifty Shades stuff because I think pretty much everything I've seen her and I thought she was fine or fine to good. Yeah. So Lost Daughter, Suspiria, and Bad Times at the El Royale were all good. Yeah, I like her a lot, Suspiria, actually. I wasn't crazy about her in a bigger splash. Oh, I wasn't that crazy about that movie, period. Yeah, but I did like her in this, so. Yeah, interesting. I don't hate all ladies. Yeah, she's... she's... Actually, I get to use it. A lady! It was a lady director. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I ended up giving it three and a half stars. It's streaming on Netflix. And if you like Jane Austen, but you're not obsessed with Jane Austen, it's probably the movie for you. Well, all right. I don't think you'd like it though. Does not seem like my kind of movie, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next up, boy, let's go in a very different direction. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Miami Connection. I don't know the theme song anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Miami well, it was like uh, something the ninja. Oh, yeah, like friendship. Something and friendship, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had it stuck in our head for days, and I don't remember yeah, what it was. Yeah, I can't even. Um, directed by YK Kim and Richard Park Wu-Sang. Greetings from the most dangerous jungle in the world, the streets of Miami, except that the whole movie takes place in Orlando. <laughs> Central Florida. Yeah, they mentioned Central Florida and my and Orlando. They never go to Miami in the whole movie. Nope, the they really don't. Miami no one even comes from Orlando. In a world where ninjas dream Miami. of being rock stars and rock stars dream of being ninjas, a martial arts rock band goes up against a band of motorcycle ninjas who have tightened their grip on Florida's narcotics trade. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so this is a Vinegar Syndrome movie. This is a, obviously a very a pretty low-budget movie that was made in 87. Um, we've been wanting to see this for a long time because they showed it at the plaza a couple of years ago and made a big deal out of it as like an event screening, and we didn't get to go for one reason or another. But the trailer for it was great because the they, they cut hilarious. this funny, funny piece together. Yeah, very funny trailer that they made for it. Um, but yeah, this movie's so bizarre because it is like this weird alternate reality where like, there's like gangs, but the gangs are all like martial artists who are also rock. Uh, they're in like crappy rock bands and they're like fighting the because yeah. <laughs> they're like fighting in the streets because like one of them got to be like the house band at like this yeah, crappy it's club. It's really weird. <laughs> it's so, it's such a strange little universe. Um, what I wrote about this movie was that it somehow is comp- very accurate to say both of these sentences about this movie. A, it has literal wall-to-wall action. There's literally not a moment when they're not fighting or playing in, on stage. Or running somewhere. Yeah. And B, this movie is pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I guess Central Florida Connection didn't have a nice ring to it. Yeah. Good, good gag. <laughs> we need a laugh track. It was very weird. That a lot of this movie took place at the University of Central Florida, which I was just at like a few months filming ago. A filming a jiu Filming a jiu-jitsu. Yeah. yeah. How weird is that? Yeah. I also wrote lots of ninjas, lots of fighting, and lots of confusion, but it works. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of those movies you have to watch with a group or other people, or it's just kind of weird if you watch it by yourself. Yeah. Like, honestly, I found it kind of boring, but... Um, it was interesting because watching the like behind the scenes featurette after which we did mm-hmm. was a lot more interesting and makes the movie more interesting. Like almost watching that first would almost be better because then you're like, like seeing the like inspirational story of like how they 
managed to cobble this crazy movie. This one guy was just so obsessed with making this movie. He managed to like convince all these talented people to, to work on it, even though it was like this very weird, goofy idea of his is much more interesting and compelling than the actual movie itself. Well, yeah, it's basically like The Room and Tommy Wiseau, it's but like, with martial arts yeah, it's in like Florida. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> martial arts version of The Room. I think yeah. that's pretty accurate to say, actually. Uh, would you give Miami Connection? I gave it three stars, which usually means I wouldn't watch it again, but I would. And if you could see it in theaters at the Plaza Drome, that would be amazing, but they yeah. probably will never do it. Probably not again. They yeah. did it once. I think um, it was like an Alamo Draft House like on tour thing is what it, it could have been. It was something like that. But I do love there's one scene where this guy finally finds his father. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, my God, I found my I father. Found my father. <laughs> I found my father. Oh, my God. So we need to get him on the soundboard. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, totally worth seeing if you have like a movie party. Yeah, I'd be great with a group. Also, definitely one of the better vinegar syndromes. For sure. One of the more uh, worth owning vinegar syndrome discs, I would say, for sure. But it's not streaming currently, so find someone who owns it. Yep. And make them a part of your life. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I give it three. What did you give it? Uh, Two and a half. What was their band (laughs) called? Dragon. um... Friendship. (laughs) It was like, man, what was it? I don't remember. Anyways. Yep. Goodbye, Orlando Connection. <laughs> so next up, we went ventured out to the theaters. Into again. the real we world. We went to the theater a bunch this month, y'all. So we're going to talk about a bunch of new movies. Uh, the first one was The Black Phone, which we have been waiting for this movie to come out forever. I think we started seeing trailers for it two years ago. I swear I it was, it was like two years, years, ago. years ago. a year ago. And they kept pushing it and pushing it. Yeah, this definitely was supposed to come out a long time ago. Like it was on the cover of Fangoria like six months ago, at least. No, like three years ago. Whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it finally came out and it was directed by Scott Derrickson. So what else did he do? Sinister. Doctor Strange and the Sinister movies. Yeah. I forgot he did Exorcism of Emily Rose and oh, I really yeah. want to rewatch yeah, it. Yeah, I'd like to watch that. I don't think I've ever seen it. <gasps> it's streaming. It's finally streaming. Mm-hmm. So we have to go watch it. Yeah, it's on HBO. Anyway, back to the black phone. Never talk to strangers unless they're Ethan Hawke. Or and then you ghosts. should get into his van. Unless they're ghost yeah. kids, then you should talk to them. Become BFFs with him. So, Finney Shaw, a shy but clever 13-year-old boy, is abducted by a sadistic killer and trapped in a soundproof basement where screaming is of little use. When a disconnected phone on the wall begins to ring, Finley dis- Finney discovers that he can hear the voices of the killer's previous victims, and they are dead set on making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to Finney. But side note, also Finney's sister has, like, premonitions and mm. can kind of help solve what happened and yeah but their dad is abusive and tells her like don't ever do this or talk to anyone about it so with all those descriptions about magic kids 
and alcoholic abusive fathers. Who do we think is involved with this movie? Stephen King. No, but his son. <laughs> so close enough. Joe Hill wrote the, uh, wrote the book that this movie's based on, or either book or short story. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, this re- reeks of Stephen King esque. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of his uh, usual Awkward. motifs. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah. Um, it stars Mason Thames, Thames, mm-hmm. Madeline McGraw, Ethan Hawke, Jeremy Davies, and E. Roger Mitchell and Troy Rudisol. Uh, so I only recognize Ethan Hawke, and I think Mason oh, <laughs> Mason kind of looked familiar, but I don't think he was. Did you look him up? Let's see. Well, on Letterboxd, I don't see oh, anything. He's on like anything. Maybe he was on a TV show. Though. I don't it's know. Possible. He didn't really look familiar to me. Did you say the girl looked familiar? I thought she was the girl from Psycho Gorman, but... She's an Ant-Man and Wasp. Maybe she's Wasp's daughter or whatever. Maybe. Or Ant-Man's daughter, I mean. And Mitchell and the Machines. And then there's this guy, not Jeremy Davies. uh, Is it E. Roger Mitchell? No. Is it Troy? No. Oh, boy. James Ranson? What are we trying to Yes, James (laughs) Ranson, who was also in the remake of It and Tangerine and Sinister and Inside Man. He's giving his best Jake Gyllenhaal in Okja performance or Nightcrawler performance that he can give. Who is he in this? Ethan Hawke's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was weird. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk about that. Uh, Did you like the movie? Yes, I did. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) Uh, I I liked it. Okay, I'll say more. Um I feel like there's one too many things going on because you have like the killer, the premonitions, the talking ghosts, pulsating phones, uh, abusive parents. There's like a lot happening. I felt like all of that worked together. But the thing with the brother is the thing that was like a bridge too far for me. It was like, oh, this is odd. And I don't understand how I don't understand how it works and also why it needs to be part of the story. And then I felt like the ending was a little cheap. I agree. I totally agree. Um, without, also, you don't know anything about Ethan Hawke. We, he just runs yes. around shirtless those are the a two bunch. Things I, those are the exact <laughs> two complaints that I had with that. I wish we would have uh, known a little more about why he's like wearing these masks and doing this stuff to kids. Yeah. Like, there, I don't feel like I... Which, you know, I mean, granted, you could say the same thing about Halloween, but it's just kind of an odd... It's so such a specific like psychosis. Just say like he wanted to be a magician and never could. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Just something. But a little that, more backstory. And then what you said about the ending feeling cheap. I don't want to spoil it, but I'll say there's a Science of the Lambs esque moment <laughs> that I feel like is only there because they wanted to recreate something that happens in Science of the Lambs. It doesn't yeah. really make sense and it doesn't feel earned at all. Nope, it doesn't. Um, so I agree. It's just kind of weird. Um, but otherwise, I think it's a pretty solid and pretty enjoyable horror movie. Yeah. I um, mean, it's original. It's mm-hmm. not like going to really remind you of anything else. No, I agree. From the past um, few years. I like the 70s aesthetic that it's got. I think it's got cool music choices. I was bo- mind boggled that they used On the Run by Pink Floyd in yeah. a, for like a action, not action, but like a intense sequence. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole concept that, you know, I guess that goes back to the story or the book or whatever about the phone and the, the ghostly kids, like helping the one, the newest kid escape is a, is a great idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, overall I enjoyed it. I don't know that I'd like, you know, be dying to go out and see it again, but I thought it was a really fun horror. Movie. Like if this would come out in October. I'd probably been like a little bit more all over it. Maybe. Yeah. 
It probably should have come out in October. Yeah, it probably was supposed to come out last October, actually. Um, but yeah, I guess Ethan Hawke is going to occasionally do horror movies, so that's cool. That's nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was cool to see him uh, in like a very against type role because he's always like the good dude, generally. Yeah. Generally speaking. He's just a cool guy. Doing cool <laughs> stuff. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. I gave it three and a half as well. It doesn't seem to be streaming yet. No. And it's probably not in theaters or it's probably like uh, the Sunday afternoon yeah. matinee. Or yeah, something. it's probably about to leave theaters, I would guess. Yeah. So I would recommend it if you like horror movies. Yeah, I would too. Next up, I watched a movie by myself. <laughs> 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 So that was The Card Counter, which came out last year, 2021, and was Paul Schrader's favorite movie, directed by Paul Schrader. (laughs) (laughs) That is the funniest thing in the world. This man literally did a top 10 list of best movies of the year and put his own movie in the number one slot. (laughs) Uh, What are you doing? I adore Paul Schrader. I really do. He's so weird. Reap what you sow. What? <laughs> That's the tagline. I know, but what, what, did it include that little noise you made? No, I was trying to do like a whoa noise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so William Tell just wants to play cards. His Spartan existence on the casino trail is shattered when he is approached by Kirk with a C, a vulnerable and angry young man seeking help to execute his plan for revenge on a military colonel. Tell sees a chance at redemption through his relationship with Kirk, but keeping Kirk on the straight and narrow proves impossible, dragging Tell back into the darkness of his past. Hmm. So it stars Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish, Ty Sheridan, Willem Dafoe. Um, Is Willem Dafoe the general? Yeah, the colonel, major, whoever. Uh, And those are pretty much the only people that Oh, there's this dude, Alexander Barbera, who plays Mr. USA. So there's probably something about that going on. Hmm. <laughs> he just has people following him around going, USA, USA. <laughs> okay. Like he's a poker person. Weird. Personality. <laughs> um, so I have a love-hate relationship with Paul Schrader films. I think most of us do. Yeah. <laughs> like First Reformed, great. Mishima, great. Masterpiece. Taxi like driver. Cat people. Ooh. American Gigolo. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Where does this land in there for you? Probably above cat people, but below everything else. Okay. So the mm. problem. All the zones are good. So. Yeah. So I will say that the cinematography for this movie was great. Do you and know who the cinematographer was? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. The cinematographer was Alexander Dynan. Hmm. who did First Reformed. Oh, okay. And Dog Eat Dog. All right. What, the new Dog Eat Dog. I don't know what that is. Oh, I thought it was that military dog movie. Oh, it's another Paul Schrader film with William Dafoe. Hmm. <laughs> ah, you don't say. <laughs> um, so uh, there was, yeah, the cinematography was good. Oscar Isaac was good. There is just a lot of really bizarre choices made throughout the film. And so, like, the script came off very flat with very little chemistry between any of the characters. And, like, Tiffany Haddish is kind of like this girl boss slash love interest, Mm -hmm. which I can believe her. 
it's hard because she's such like a comedian that yeah. I feel like he didn't get her to like deliver the lines to make her come off more serious. Feel like if you put like Kristen Wiig in that role, yeah, or something. yeah. It's like they. I'm sure she could do it, but the Paul Schrader. It kind of just seemed like they didn't even rehearse like any of them <laughs> together because like what's his name, Ty Sheridan yeah. or Sh- yeah, yeah. He was like kind of awful in this movie, hmm. and I don't know if I've ever really liked him other than Mud. That's what he's. We saw him in right. See the kid in Mud. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. He came off like awful, just like super flat. Like he was just reading lines, and it was like nobody was actually interacting with one another. Hmm. Um, and then other another weird choice that god awful tattoo that I showed you. That's like <laughs> it looked like it was written in Sharpie on Oscar Isaac's That's right. back. I forgot about it. It was just like what this is gonna like. Why? 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 It's going to haunt me forever. <laughs> is it like in papyrus? Basically. Plot? It's like, what is this? Yeah, no tattoo artist would do this. It was very odd. Yeah, I agree. It's a very distracting choice. And like the whole the whole movie is kind of all over the place because like he used he went to military prison because the major basically ran like Guantanamo Bay and they would torture and uh, all this crazy stuff. There's, there's one scene where they show like the prison where he was, where they're torturing people. And like Mm -hmm. that scene was really intense and good, but the rest of it was just like, eh. Um, But then for some reason he just out, he gets out of jail and he's like, I'm just going to play poker blackjack professionally (laughs) and then this other kid uh kirk with a c which they say like 17 times in the movie wants to kill willem dafoe because his dad was also in that prison and like killed himself Hmm. so he wants revenge but like what does the casino part have to do with any of this (laughs) like i don't understand (laughs) is it based on a book or something it might be it's like, and Oscar Isaac is like trying to win all this money to give Kirk with a C like a new start so he doesn't need to get revenge, but then like things go crazy and, uh, you know, weird. <laughs> I don't know. The violent parts are good. Maybe that's all he's good at doing, <laughs> but it's not that great and it feels very long. I think it's only like two hours, but it feels longer than two hours. So... I would not recommend it unless you really, really, really love Paul Schrader. Hmm. All right. I mean, Paul Schrader recommends it. So Yeah. Like if he had, I don't know. It just sucks because it looks great, but that's about it. Yeah. Maybe he'll do another good one. Maybe. It seems to be pretty hit or miss, but maybe he'll do another first reform desk because that is a, such a great movie. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's kind of the vibe he was going for, but it just doesn't work. Hmm. So I gave it three stars. It's streaming on HBO, but probably not worth seeing. All right. Uh, next up, we watched a little movie called, oh my God, the picture on Letterboxd, uh, The Convent two, from 2000, uh, directed by Mike Mendez, who has done nothing else good <laughs> as far as I can see. Uh, the Tales of Halloween, probably just one segment or whatever. Um he uh the comment prayer will get you nowhere hmm. 
A group of college students break into an abandoned convent and become possessed by demonic spirits. Uh, starring Adrian Barbeau and a bunch of teens that I don't think everyone on the journey else. <laughs> no. <laughs> that I know of anyways. Um, I'd heard such great things about this movie and it's a little disappointing because I think this movie had the potential to be kind of great, but it's got a lot of, a whole lot of problems, <laughs> uh, which is an understatement. I um, think it starts off strong. Yes. It's a, a great opening. That's what I read. The opening scene is awesome. It yeah. opens with that whole, you don't own me, that song. Yeah. And this uh, young, like badass looking woman walking into the convent and just blowing away these nuns and priests and then burning the place down. And it's like, yeah, what's going on? It's a super crazy, awesome intro to the movie. But then it becomes this very like goofy, like almost like scary movie level, like silliness of like these teens are like ridiculous. But with the humor of the 2000s. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not genuine humor. It's really silly and kind of yeah. obnoxious humor. I wrote that somehow it's equally bad as it is good because it's like fun to watch except for the early like 2000 slang and homophobia so that part's not funny anymore but then you have like the cool uh special effects that they do which yeah. are like oh this is good and then adrian barbeau shows up and like she's great yeah there are these but sequences, then it's like other parts just awful there are several sequences in the movie that are really great like there's the thing on the motorcycle yeah. that opening scene we talked about um there's a couple other ones too that are just really cool or, or uh, I love the way that they're shot and stuff, but it has to also be said, this movie is a humongous ripoff of night of the demons. It's like exactly the same plot. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we watched that one on Halloween where the, the kids go to that haunted house and then they slowly all get possessed. You forgot to say that Coolio is in it too. Oh yeah. Coolio is in it and he's ridiculous. <laughs> He's playing like a crazy cop. Yeah, him and um, like, Bill Mosley. Yeah, are cops. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> to mention that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really frustrating that the movie, half of the movie, and I would say half of the characters too, because like Adrian Barbeau and the like goth girl in the beginning feel like interesting characters, mm -hmm. but everybody else are like these ridiculous caricatures. They're like yeah. super stereotypical and annoyingly. Very annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it feels like it's, it's almost like this is two movies and like half of it is great and half of it is terrible. Yeah. So it's very frustrating because this could have been really interesting. Um, so, you know, there's that, I suppose. But the UV paint demon rave stuff is yeah, great. I agree. All the UV stuff is really cool. The glowing eyes too that they do. Really yeah. Neat. yeah. The picture on Letterboxd I was laughing at is a picture of the dog. Did you see it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's this little, this little French bulldog that has glowing green eyes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, that's the convent from 2000. I gave it three stars. I gave it two and a half. Okie doke. But it's on Shudder and 2B. All right. What's next? So I watched another film by myself. And, I was out of town a lot this month. <laughs> yeah. And that is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which came out in 2000, directed by Ang Lee. Ang? Gong? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know which it is. Ang Lee. Uh, timeless story of strength, secrets, and two warriors who would never surrender. This is RRR? Basically. So two warriors in pursuit of a stolen sword and a notorious fugitive are led to an imp imped 
impetuous, physically skilled teenage nobleman's daughter who is at a crossroads in her life, just like Britney Spears. <laughs> She's not a girl, She's not, not a yet tiger, a woman, <laughs> but not yet a dragon. Basically, uh, starring Chow Yun Fat, Michelle Yeoh, Zeng Zi. The- yeah, Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, is this the last good movie that Chow Yun Fat was in? I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, he was in the Pirates movies. Was he really? I didn't know that. Apparently. Huh. He's at, at World's End. Was that the third one? I don't or know. the second one? That's like the only things I've seen him in. in what? Hard Boiled. What? You've seen him in a bunch of movies. Not according to Letterboxd. Okay. I'm going to follow up on this in a minute. <laughs> but go ahead. Um. So, I never saw this when it came out. I remember that the special effects are supposed to be the main draw and that everybody really loved the action. So, I did think the action sequences were still good and I felt like the effects were mostly good except now when people are like running across water and running up trees, it's like you could they're obviously in a harness and like their feet aren't even touching the tree. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know if it should be touching the tree, but it kept bothering me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I felt like the plot it was weird. Nothing against the movie, but for some reason, HBO didn't have like official English subtitles. And so I had to use like the closed caption that would that pop so up weird. as you watch it. So I feel like the plot got very confusing for me because I kept like having to look around at like, oh, wait, did I miss somebody saying something? Um, and then there's this whole middle segment where it kind of like flashes back for the youngest, not yet a woman girl. <laughs> and it's just like, that just took up like a huge amount of time. And I was like, I don't know if I care about this at all. <laughs> I saw Crouching Tiger in theaters and I barely remember it. Like I, I was, I was interested to see what you thought about it because I was, I, it's a movie I've thought about rewatching for a long time, but Ang Lee is so, incredibly hit or miss for me like and mostly miss i mostly do not like his movies like i think it's worth seeing but i do think that it's just not as interesting as i thought it was gonna be Hmm. because it's really just it's kind of like a revenge story slash romance but the revenge is kind of (laughs) boring isn't there something about somebody like instead of using sword, she uses like the ink, like she can like do calligraphy and it's like, whoosh, 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 or something. Or is that a different movie? I'm that thinking might be of. a different movie. Like the youngest girl, she can write calligraphy, but there's not like anything to it. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I might, <laughs> I might just zoomed in on uh, it. You were right about Cheyenne fat, by the way, I was thinking not for no reason at all. I was thinking he might've been in a uh, mission impossible two. Mm. because John Woo directed it and Cheyenne Fat is in like every single John Woo movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm only, the only ones I've seen him in that you haven't are The Killer and Bulletproof Monk, which I cannot <laughs> recommend. But The Killer's great. Um, but Michelle Yeoh is great in this, so she's always worth watching. That's cool. I is the it, younger girl in anything we've seen? She looks super familiar. Oh, she's in uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, I think she might play one of the like Mothra twins. Hmm. She's also in Hero and Rush Hour 2 and Memoirs of a Geisha, House of Flying Daggers, Grandmaster. Wow, she's in a lot of stuff. So I guess she's popped up in a lot. I didn't really recognize her, but I've only ever seen Godzilla in this. So Interesting. I gave it three and a half stars. It's on Prime and HBO. I think it could be worth seeing if you haven't seen it, but it 
it's two hours and it feels like a three hour movie. Yeah, I do remember thinking it felt very long. Yeah. I thought, thought it was, what, what year did it come out? I, 2000. Yeah, I mean, I was 12 years old. This movie was really boring <laughs> when I was 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. So what's next? Next, we've got Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> That is one big pilot. S H I T. Boy, what a what a uh, climactic rise and fall, Mister Taika Waititi has had. Yeah, he's really with us falling. And with everybody really. else. Um, so, Thor, Thor, Love, Love and Thunder. Thunder, brand new, directed by Taika Waititi. Yeah. Uh, the one is not the only. Not a good tagline. Nope. It really. After isn't. his retirement is interrupted by Gore the God Butcher, a galactic killer who seeks the extinction of the gods. Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who now inexplicably wields Mjolnir as the mighty Thor. Mjolnir. Together, they embark upon a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance and stop him before it's too late. Starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Christian Bale, Tessa Thompson, Taika Waititi, Russell Crowe, Jaime Alexander, Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista, Karen, blah, 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 blah. A bunch of, uh, bunch of random Marvel people. Yeah. Um... This is not great. <laughs> I went in with low expectations and I was still a little disappointed. We were so excited for this movie until the reviews started coming in and everybody, not not just Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> everybody was hating on this movie. And then when we saw it, we're like, oh yeah, I get it. Because it's not Ragnarok. It's trying it, really hard. It to tries be way too hard to be Ragnarok. And so it feels too forced and all the comedic parts are too long. And Christian Bale's the only one taking it seriously. <laughs> yeah. That more or less sums up. Like, to me, the two, I mean, there's two giant problems in this movie. And they're not like, this scene is weird or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like overall, uh, the humor in the whole movie is really juvenile juvenile, and not just not really funny. Like, no, it's really dumb. I thought multiple times in the movie, I was like, that's a joke that belongs in like a like lower tier DreamWorks movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like a lot of the jokes feel like the kind of jokes we see in trailers for kids movie that kids movies that we would never go see yeah. like a Minions <laughs> movie or something. Uh, it's just really goofy, not very clever humor. Um, and then that is such a bizarre contrast because like 90% of the movie is super silly and goofy and I would categorize it as a comedy more than anything else. And then the other 10% is a villain called Gore the God Butcher yeah, who murders gods with the necro sword <laughs> and who is not the least bit uh, funny, who's like yeah. deadly serious the entire time. So it's really bizarre to have this like that's yeah. really comedic tone and then have the villain be like the m- darkest, like creepiest villain in all of Marvel. Like, it's so weird. Well, not even that. Like I wrote the same thing. It's like, it's a movie about mass genocide Yeah, <laughs> and of gods. you have a lead character who's dying from cancer. And yet somehow we're making jokes about like, what? Yeah, like <laughs> I like I get the impression that Taika Waititi just wanted to make another Thor Ragnarok, which for better or for worse, mm-hmm. but Marvel was like, "Oh, we really want to adapt this Jason Aaron story with Mighty Thor and with Gore the God Butcher. Like, can you do both?" Yeah. <laughs> and he clearly just didn't have any interest in doing the God Butcher stuff Mm-mm. and just did a goofy comedy that was not particularly funny. Like what if we have Russell Crowe say orgy 10 times? That yeah. would be hilarious. Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> like is it? <laughs> there's just so much that does not work. And then, you know, as usual with these movies that <laughs> the post credits thing was just baffling as all. Like, I don't remember okay, what it was, it was now. Hercules. Oh. 
with a okay. Ted Lasso dude. Yeah, what's his name? Roy Kent. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm also tired of Chris Pratt showing up and stuff. I'm like, dude, go yeah, away. Do not, do Nobody like likes him. you. Do not want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so but this yeah, is I, real disappointing. I feel bad because Christian Bale... He's taking it seriously. He probably hasn't even seen any other Marvel movie. <laughs> He's the only good possible. part of it, I think. I agree. I think they did a good job with Gore the God Butcher, which is mm-hmm. disappointing because he's such a cool, badass, dark villain, but he's pitted against like the silliest yeah. nonsense. And then I don't know how I feel about Natalie Portman. I thought she was kind of... Um, I, her performance, I think, is uh, is summed up with that clip of her laughing at the Oscars. <laughs> like that's like a lot of her humor kind of felt flat for me i mean a lot of the whole movie's humor but she is in particular maybe was not very funny yeah and then they didn't really do anything with tessa thompson either yeah it's like she was such a badass in the last movie and then this one she's kind of just like following them around yeah i agree they kind of wasted her they usually do um i did like the like black and white stuff they did in space and that's like it that and christian bale yeah didn't didn't movie didn't do a whole lot for me it's pretty disappointing um i gave it three stars but i don't think i'll ever watch it again i did too this is a a, marvel's got to be sweating a little bit that like they put out a movie that is pretty universally panned by Mm -hmm. everybody just before they announce like 18 new movies. <laughs> yeah. I think they're, I think Marvel's going to find themselves in a little bit of trouble in the next year. Two well, especially years. people keep giving Taika Waititi projects now. Well, and man, like he's going to have his own Star Wars film. He's probably going to have another Thor movie. Happen. They were just talking about that on Star Wars Minute and they were like, that movie's supposed to come out in like a year and he supposedly hasn't even written it yet. <laughs> like there's no way that's going to happen. Uh, especially when they're canceling Star Wars projects left and right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just odd. Like, I don't know. A lot of people were saying that like, maybe he wasn't the real brains behind (laughs) a lot of the stuff because he's used to always be teamed up with, um, what's his name? Jermaine. (sighs) Yes. Jermaine Clement. Um, and those projects are all great and everything. So, I mean, I, I liked, um, Jojo rabbit. I know a lot of people did not. I thought it was pretty good. Well, like what we do in the shadows, we like the TV shows, not doing great right now. It started great. It's kind of gone downhill. I remember yeah. thinking Jojo Rabbit was fine and I liked it. I'm probably the only person who likes Hunt for the Wilder People. I liked it, but not as much. But as no one yet. else does. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he has mu- as much to do with Reservoir Dogs as his name. Reservation Dogs. Reser- what did I say? Reservoir Dogs. Reservation <laughs> Dogs. Yeah. Anyway, and it is July. <laughs> we're getting way off topic. <laughs> we did not like Thor. You have to see it in theaters. But don't. You should watch You can watch it when it comes to Disney and stream it. (laughs) If you want to support Taika TT financially, watch Reservation Dogs instead. Yeah. I guess, because it's very good. Way better. probably have nothing to do with it. Turn off what we do in the shadows, watch Reservation Dogs. Correct. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about what, to me, was probably the most anticipated movie of 2022. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> it's uh, definitely my number one most anticipated movie of the year. And that is Nope <laughs> by Jordan Peele, 2022. Nope. <laughs> What's a bad miracle? What is a bad miracle? Residents in a lonely gulch of inland California bear witness to an uncanny, chilling discovery. Wow, that's still like the, this movie hasn't come out yet uh, yeah. description. <laughs> well, are we going to spoil this? I think we have to. Okay. So if you intend to see Nope, 
I recommend you skip ahead like 10 minutes because we might minutes. talk about it a lot, actually. Uh, but because, um, yeah, we're going to spoil a lot here. So it's starring Daniel Kalua, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yun, Brandon Paria, Michael Wincott, Keith David, Ren Schmidt. Uh, I like Barbie. Her name is Barbie Ferrari. <laughs> uh, where's his name? Oz Perkins. Who else? Did you name the uh, uh, Margot Madison from For All Mankind? She has kind of a weird name, doesn't she? Maybe she's Barbie. <laughs> she is not Barbie. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, what did you think about Nope, Misha? G- give it to me. I liked Nope. And I kept going back between, did I think it was okay or did I think it was good? Because... I think it's my least favorite of the three movies he's done, but that's still like head and shoulders above most other movies that came out. So initially, I don't was I wouldn't say I was disappointed. I was just like that was fine. But now thinking about it, it's like, oh, there's a lot to like unpack and think and like, yeah, that was weird mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I have weird, moved it. <laughs> weird, weird, weird. Yeah. So I, I like it more. And I think if I watched it again, I'd probably like it more that time too. I kind of loved this movie. I, I liked really it quite loved a bit. <laughs> um, I think like both of his other movies, I left the theater feeling like super excited by just how like unique and how... His movies are very, like, whether you like them or not, you have to admit, they're very, like, bold. He makes these Mm -hmm. big choices, big swings, whether you like it or not. Um, But then also walking out going, like, I don't know if I understand what, like, just like with us walking out being like, it was really cool, but I don't feel like I (laughs) understand it on this first viewing, really. Um, So the more I've thought about it, I feel like I get, uh, and read stuff about it, I feel like I understand a little more about maybe what he was going for. There was also some weird sound issues. I really would like to see this again because we both thought, in the theater we saw it in, I'm not going to say where, <laughs> in the theater we saw it in, uh, we found it pretty hard to understand some of the dialogue. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's a problem with the mix in the movie or whether just the theater we saw it in, there was some kind of issue. So, so we're going to have to go to a good theater. A different theater. A new theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and see it. Yeah, I'd like to go see this again, not only for that reason, but definitely also for that reason. Um, I also want to say, I think this kind of goes into spoiler territory, okay. but... I think when my initial reaction was I was expecting something completely different based off on the trailers sure. and that's what I wanted. And I didn't get that <laughs> to me. That's exciting. Like, because, because it's set up like an alien invasion movie from the trailers. Yeah. But it's not. <laughs> well, I kind of love that. There's so much stuff that clearly built into the story to use in the trailer, like the little alien people mm-hmm. that turned out to be people just playing a prank. And yeah the skeleton lady who just turns out to be the victim of a, uh, animal Monkey attack. attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, all that stuff seems like in, in the trailer makes it seem like, Oh my God, they're like being yeah. invaded by Mars <laughs> attacks, aliens when Mars attacks, when aliens, Mars attacks. um, but yeah, I kind of love that, that it turned out to be something very different than what we expect. And I, here's, this was super interesting to me that when we walked out of the theater and we were driving home, you and I had completely different reads on what the movie was trying to say yeah. completely. <laughs> like I, I was like, wow, how interesting that he decided to make a movie about how uh, you can't treat animals like people, that animals are animals and they always will be animals. Yeah, you like, can't anthropomorphize creatures. Yeah. Human nature versus animal. And you had a totally different read on it. 
It was like, uh, what length will you go to to be famous, basically? Yeah. <laughs> or spectacle. That's what I kept hearing after in other people's reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's all about the spectacle, being famous, like trying to get the best shot, stuff like that. Yeah, which that's, I think, the interesting thing about it, too, where you could really argue about is that, Obsessed like... Obsessed with fame. <laughs> yeah, well, that, like, I, I think you're 100% right that he's trying to say something about, like, that, like, the Hollywood machine and, and the, like, social media influencer culture is... makes people do crazy stuff and act like lunatics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also it's how the people in the end win is by taking a picture. Yeah. It's like the protagonists are also those people. So it's kind of an interesting, I can't decide if that's uh, bad writing or if there's, if it's just an interesting thing that I don't quite grasp on. And I think if we watch it again, we'd figure that out. Yeah, maybe so. Um, Cause yeah, maybe he is just saying his main characters are too caught up in it too. They can't, even they can't escape that culture. They have to they're use like, we have a, to, Eight by ten, large format, yeah. well camera yeah. to get They're the like, shot. <laughs> we have to take a picture, and we'll probably get famous. But the main reason we're doing it is because then we can ex- show people how to survive this thing, yeah. and we might be saved. They and justify save the by saving. We may yeah. be saving the planet, <laughs> saving the human race, or whatever. Um, I loved the music in the movie. I thought the score was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sound design was awesome. Uh, there's all this. Oh my god, the sounds. This is a big spoiler for me anyways. When they find like the weird noises that the creature makes, you find out at some point in the movie is not the sound of the creature, but it's the sound of living horses and people inside of the creature being digested alive yeah. and screaming. Like that's what you're hearing. Yeah. <laughs> that is really brilliant and terrifying. So yeah, it's not a UFO. Not It's a big like, animal. It's a giant creature no, i was gonna say like space creature but it's not space it's i mean like, it might it lives in the air yeah they don't they don't <laughs> say whether, in the clouds whether it, you never really know where it came from but yeah, yeah it's a giant creature that has never been discovered before um i'm really upset though that keith david is not in this movie very long and by that you mean he's in the movie for about four minutes and tops. maybe like a flashback scene <laughs> yeah. maybe his voice at some point but uh, yeah you know but I, the opening is crazy it is really cool like I love raining those. down quarters and metal objects. As much as I love the whole movie, I think the first 10 minutes is like my favorite thing because they open with like sort of the aftermath of the animal, the monkey attack scene. Yeah. Which you're like, what oh, is this? Yeah, and what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> and then they do this cool opening credits thing where you're like, what am I looking at right now? And then they do the scene with Keith David and with random objects flying. It's got, there's all these just like mysteries one after another. Yeah. You're like I'm so intrigued by the time the story starts, you're already like so into it. I was yeah. anyways. And in the opening, there's like this shoe that stands straight up. And that's the only thing we haven't really figured out yet. Yes. Because Our- it stands up. It has like one drop of blood on it. And like Stephen Young is a child actor and he's fixated on this. And the shoe is like in his, it's like yeah, the centerpiece. Yeah, he gets the shoe collection. later and it's like, okay, this is something yeah. strange and weird. I don't know why. And I always thought it was like, oh, maybe the creature was above them at that point, yeah. like making people go crazy. But then that's not yeah, really not how it works. It, no. So it's like, yeah. I still don't know what the shoe is. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Our friend Hannah supposedly has an interesting read on it. We haven't had a chance to talk to her. So I'm curious yeah. what her thought is. Um, oh, I had a, I realized something the other day. 
you know how in the speech she gives and she's like my great 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 grandfather mm-hmm. and he's like there's uh, one more great. Yeah. She's like, there's another great. That's because she's rehearsing the speech as her dad said it. And oh. now she's doing oh, it. You have to so add sad. another great. Isn't that cool? I, like, it didn't occur to me until you see him on the TV doing that speech. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she's just memorized <laughs> the speech. It's kind of interesting. And there's a lot of stuff, I guess, between their relationship, too. Also, I love Kiki Palmer. She's full of life. I think she's great. I, I liked everybody in this, actually. I thought the guy... Um, I like Daniel Kaluuya, and I liked the guy, Angel. Brandon Perea. Yeah, I thought he was good, too. as like the Geek Squad guy, basically. Yeah. Oh, somebody commented on my review and said they thought they read it that Daniel Kaluuya's character might have been, like, on the spectrum a little bit. I didn't really get that. I didn't notice that. But I also that. am not familiar with what would make you fall on this well spectrum. he like barely left the ranch and didn't he was like had more of a connection with animals than with people he like couldn't he didn't really like communicating yeah. with any man on set like it is kind of an interesting or he's just introverted yeah that's kind of <laughs> like an interesting i would just thought. hang out with the animals too probably yeah <laughs> i just thought it was an interesting yeah uh you know uh observation that i hadn't thought about but you do get a lot of clash between Daniel Kaluuya's uh, like introverted personality and Stephen mm-hmm. Young's extroverted. Yes, especially when he's like trying to negotiate with him. Um, I also liked Michael Weinkott. He has the best voice ever. Yeah, he does. And he's like this filmmaker they bring in, and they choose him because he like wouldn't bring a, a digital camera. Yeah. So there is also a lot of stuff with that, just like analog versus digital. Sure. And, yeah. yeah. I don't know, like old techniques versus new stuff. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and there's just a whole sequence where people get sucked up into this monster. Yeah. So the like best, amazing, incredible, and craziest and scariest sequences when this creature eats like an audience crowd. watching them. And then you see it like from inside and then rains blood and objects all over their all farmhouse. All the stuff it can't digest, it just dumps on top of the yeah. farmhouse. And it's, yeah, super scary. I it's thought that scene creepy. was incredible. <laughs> that to me was like on the level of like the self-head sawing in Hereditary. Like it's yeah. something that really stuck with me. It's, I mean, it's a sequence that I've never seen in anything else. So yeah, we've talked about Nope a lot. So if you're still wondering if we're talking about, nope, we are. Keep That's going. Right. Keep Fast skipping forward. ahead if you're trying to avoid spoilers. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Nope. Um, so uh, I ended up giving this movie four and a half stars. I gave it four stars. So this is a pretty highly recommended one for us, especially compared to everything else we've talked about so far on this episode that have all been like relatively middling reviews. Yeah. Uh. It's pretty high up. It's definitely in my top three for the year. Oh, I do have one question, though. Yeah? Oh, if we see it again, I really want to know if there was anything, like, in the background or, like, a newspaper article or a weird video on the internet where we figure out the initial creature's, like, purge of all those metal objects, oh, yeah. like... Obviously, it sucked up a bunch of people from yeah. somewhere. And like, is there a random thing in the background that explains that? It does seem like a Jordan Peele thing to do to have yeah. like a radio news in the background. That's like a bus of people disappeared. Because they something. write it off as like an airplane dumped a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't. <laughs> so I want to know where it came from before it made it to the ranch. Yeah, I agree. I'd be interesting. 
Um, but yeah, it was great. Definitely yep. worth seeing it. I'm, I'm looking and forward to seeing it And see it in the theater, y'all. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, next, we saw another... Weird, weird, weird movie. It's true. Uh, this is an older one. This is a little movie called Blue Sunshine from Blue 1977. Sunshine. I love the poster. It's a great poster. Uh, this is directed by Jeff Lieberman, who did one of our favorite slashers uh, just before dawn. Um, doesn't have a tagline on here. Uh, Can we make up one really fast? Yeah. I thought I saw one somewhere. Blue uh, sunshine. I think the tagline on the poster <laughs> that I saw recently was like, have you heard of Blue Sunshine? <laughs> Have you heard the name Blue Sunshine? Something like that. Or how about uh, Hold On to Your Hair? Mm, it's okay. <laughs> we'll keep working on it. I thought it. that was pretty good. <laughs> All right. Uh, at a party, someone goes insane and murders three women. Falsely accused of the brutal killings, Jerry is on the run. More bizarre killings continue with alarming frequency all over town. Trying to clear his name, Jerry discovers the shocking truth. People are losing their hair and turning into violent psychopaths, and the connection may be some LSD that the murderers all took a decade before. Let's start off by saying Jerry is the worst ever Jerry is clearing his name. <laughs> it is comedically, he is comedically bad because he is just as crazy as these people who are going berserk. Yeah. He just doesn't murder anybody. He's, he's like, just he as does crazy. all the wrong things. Like he's always screaming and running around, <laughs> running from crime scenes with blood all over him, touching bodies. Like he's always yelling and like yeah. just pulling on people's hair and stuff. He's just always doing crazy crap. Like no he wonder they think he's not good the at this. No, it is really, it's Jerry. actually, He's having a bad day. Yeah, it's actually pretty <laughs> funny how bad he is, how crazy he is. Yeah. Um, this movie, I kind of love this movie. I saw this a long time ago and have been wanting to watch it again since uh, it was probably like 10 years ago. Uh, I love that, like, this is a movie that came out in 77 and the plot is about, like, if you took LSD in the <laughs> 60s, sometime now you might be going totally insane. You might murder people. And they have, like, a, t- a card at the end of the movie that's like, Acts like it's like a real thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like two hundred doses of blue yeah. sunshine was given are still out. Unaccounted for. Yeah. yeah, it's such a great ending. Um, <laughs> but I mean, my God, the sequences where the people go crazy are all awesome. So yeah. awesome because they don't just go crazy. All of a sudden, all of their hair comes off. Not Her like eyes turn black. Yeah, not like their hair just falls out. It's like their hair suddenly becomes a wig and it yeah. just slides off their their smooth bald <laughs> head. Yeah. One solid piece. It's uh <laughs> they have what the doctor in the movie calls alopecia totalis. Yeah. All their hair comes off. They have no eyebrows. Their eyes become all black. <laughs> they have no pupils. And then they just go nuts and start yeah. killing people. It happens like four times in the movie. They get each sweaty time too. Yeah. <laughs> each time it happens, it's insane. You can tell. Like when these little kids are like, give me Dr. Pepper. Yeah, the kids are going crazy. We want Dr. Pepper. We want Dr. Pepper. And the babysitter is like grabbing a knife in the kitchen. And she just slides her hair off. Oh, that scene is so great. Yeah. Um, And it has like great, like weird 70s music. And I like the style of it. I kind of love this movie. It's just such a weird little LSD freak out movie. Yeah. And it's certainly very unique. 
I think we should remake this movie. I think we could handle it. Because <laughs> it needs a little extra oomph, I think, for more people to fall in love with it. Well, it needs a main character who's not a freaking... Not a Jerry. You even name your Jack. name, like, lead character Jerry. Isn't his last, his last name Zipkin? Jerry Zipkin. Jerry Zipkin. Right? That's our hero. <laughs> if he can't do it, no Jerry Zipkin yeah. can. <laughs> Um, yeah. What, how did, did you like Blue Sunshine? I like that for the longest time you don't know what's happening and yeah. you're like, are these pod people? Is it alien doppelgangers? Which is basically pod people. Yeah. So, it's so it feels like it has a sci-fi feel because of like these alien looking people. Yeah. But then it's like, nope, it's just some dude in California mixed a weird batch of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and 10 years later, people yeah. go crazy. I think somebody said that it, they should have shown this in Dare class. Definitely. With red <laughs> asphalt. Really, yeah. Blue, <laughs> Blue sunshine, sunshine and red, red asphalt. Yeah. Double feature. Um, but yeah, other than Jerry <laughs> pulling down everybody's wigs, I don't know. Yeah. I, I liked it. Yeah, it's a go. it's a fun one. It's a unique, very unique movie. And I'm glad it has like a better blue right now because when I saw it, it was like a really crappy rip. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I gave Blue Sunshine four stars. I gave it three and a half, and it's streaming on Shutter. Cool. What's next? Next is another movie I watched by myself, and that is The Quick and the Dead, which came out in 1995, directed by Sam. Raimi? Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Sam Raimi? <laughs> Think you are quick enough? Question mark. <laughs> We're going to find out. All right. <laughs> a mysterious woman comes to compete in a quick draw elimination tournament in a town taken over by a notorious gunman. All right, Harper, hold on to your butt while I read off this cast. Okay. Because it's crazy. Let me get a, a deep breath. Ignore that. <laughs> So, Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, <laughs> Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobin Bell, Robert's Blossom. Who's that? <laughs> Robert's Blossom. He's um he's the old man from Home Alone, the neighbor. <laughs> um Kevin Conway, Keith David, Lance Henriksen. Pat Hingle, he's definitely somebody. Pat Hingle is in all the Batman movies in the 80s. Gary Sinise, Mark Boone Jr. That might be it. That's everybody I know. Weird, weird, weird. <laughs> that is a crazy cast. That is like a It's insane. Cast. Also, Leonardo DiCaprio is like 15 in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's, he's young. Wow. Russell Crowe is also like. 20 in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think he was ever young. That is weird. Gene Hackman is still old. Really, really old. <laughs> um, so I had never even heard of this movie until someone tweeted on like Twitter like, if you haven't seen the same Remy film, you should go watch it before Netflix gets rid of it today. <laughs> like, wow. So I was like, all right, I guess I haven't seen this Remy film, so I'll go see it. And I mostly liked it. 
I think the cast is probably the craziest aspect of it because it's just like every single person on screen is like a huge actor now yeah, or even was then. Um, I also think it's great that Sharon Stone is like this badass Western lady who is the center focus of the whole film. And it's like her revenge story. Yeah, so cool. like you don't get a lot of lady centric Westerns. No. So true. I'm glad he went that that's route. And also she was great. Like I haven't seen her in that many things. Like we saw her in that horror movie last year, the really old one where like Sharon Shone should just be the lead of this movie. Oh, what was it was like her first role. Oh, Deadly Blessing. Oh yeah, that's right. Um and like I've seen her in like Casino and Total Recall and Basic Instinct. And I haven't really seen her in anything else. Yeah, I haven't seen her in that much either. So this was definitely a good role for her. I think she did a really good job. Hmm. Um, And also, what else? I think for a Western, it's pretty decent. Although for a Raimi film, it's not as fun as I would have liked it to be. Is it not? Is it funny? Uh, Maybe it's not that funny, no. Hmm. It's a little more serious than funny. Okay. Um, but I was definitely missing like it has some of his like style with like weird camera turns and like zooming in really quickly yeah. on like ringing clocks and stuff and door shutting. Yeah, love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it does feel like it's missing something. And also, I think there was supposed to be a Bruce Campbell cameo, but it got cut. So it's probably a deleted right, scene that. that I'll never see. But that's the comedic part we need. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's, to me, a Bruce Campbell cameo in a Sam Raimi movie is almost like a Wilhelm scream. Like, I'm, it's like, okay, nope, we get I'm it. I'm all for it. I love it. All right. They've been friends for like 30 years, Harper. Yeah, I guess. They made a pact. <laughs> yeah, it's like J.J. Abrams including that stupid guy and everything who's not very good. <laughs> well, if you get famous, like become a famous filmmaker, who would you have to put in all your films because of some weird blood pact you made? Nobody. <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Yeah, Bruce Campbell. (laughs) Um, The only thing that I don't like about it is that it's kind of repetitive because it's like a shootout competition. So like the, it's like a bracket like competition. Yeah. But um, so it's just kind of the same thing. Like this person versus this person. Mm. And then like 10 minutes later, this person versus this person. Weird. But the whole thing is that Sharon Stone is trying to get revenge because her father, Gary Sinise was killed by Gene Hackman like 20 years previously. Ah. So he doesn't know who she is. She knows who he is and she has to figure out how to kill him. And the only part I don't understand is that I thought she came to this town to save Russell Crowe, who is a priest who used to be a part of Gene Hackman's gang hmm. and was like known for killing tons of people and was really a fast draw. Yeah. <laughs> but it actually doesn't seem like they know each other at all. So it's hmm. kind of weird there. That's odd. Yeah. Uh, would you think I would like it? I think you would like it, but not love it. Okay. So I couldn't see it like being at the top of your watch Here's list. Here's a question. How did it compare to A Simple Plan? It's kind of in a similar vein, That's what it's called, right? I think so. The one with Billy Bob? That one was kind of... I don't remember too... I rated yeah, them I the same. One. Okay. So it's possible you would like this based on that one? Yeah, my buddy Tony is always trying to get me to watch this, and I always kind of forget about it, and I would like to watch it sometime. Yeah. I guess it's too late. It's gone. 
Maybe some other streaming service will get it. <laughs> well, you have uh, like 12 hours to watch it probably. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think if you're a Sam Raimi film and you want to watch all his films, definitely go if see it. If you're a Sam Raimi film. Fan. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a Sam Raimi film, film and you're a <laughs> film of his fan. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> did it. You understand me. <laughs> I got it. I got you. Um, then in your completionist, you should watch it. Yeah. It's not a bad movie. It's just not as fun as his other movies. And I think he's really good at balancing comedy with horror and action. And yeah. this is more action drama. Okay. Interesting. All right. I'll see it eventually. I want to see a lot. I, there's a couple of his we still haven't seen. We haven't seen Crime Wave. Um, I've seen 12 out of 22 of that's his pretty films. Good. That's pretty and good. And a lot of the other 12 are... Uh, shorts. Yeah, 10 other ones. Although, I didn't know he did The Gift. Yeah. Weird. Is that that Cameron Diaz one? No, it's the Kate Blanchett one where she can like have premonitions. I've seen it on TBS. Oh, really? <laughs> that is, that's not the one where if she... Oh, I'm thinking of The Box, I think. I might need to watch this. <laughs> well, one day we'll have to watch do a Sam this. Raimi episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's got a I remember seeing this and Kate Blanchett looked weird. It's like early Kate Blanchett. So she was very odd looking. Well, here's a question. <laughs> do you like Quick and the Dead better than um, Drag Me to Hell? Because I know we feel differently about that movie. Uh, I might like Drag Me to Hell more. Yeah. Just because it's more gory. God, Drag Me to Hell is so great. <laughs> cool. I like it more than Oz the Great and Powerful. You saw that? <laughs> yeah. I have not. Uh, so now let's... Oh, wait. Do you give it a rating? Three and a half. Okay. So let's talk about another movie on Netflix that you shouldn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Probably not. Uh, so that is Uma. Uma. From 2022, directed by Iris K. Shem. Hey, Thank you. Uh, a mother's love never dies. Never Amanda dies. and her daughter live a quiet life on an American farm. But when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea, Amanda becomes haunted by the fear of turning into her own mother. Literally. Mother. <laughs> She's got an abundance of mother love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stars Sandra O, oh, Fievel Stewart, and Dermot Mulroney, mostly. <laughs> um, and Miwa Lee as Uma. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, is this other, was the other girl the friend? Is she, uh, oh, Her never mind. I thought, yeah, I thought maybe she was in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, she's in Lady Bird. Okay. She? Oh, she was like her friend. She kind of plays the exact same mm-hmm. character in this. That's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. She's uh-huh. like the like, very like popular, normal girl who yeah. like the main character doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, what they don't talk about in this is she's all, uh, Amanda, Sandra O oh, also has like the uh, Better Call Saul-esque uh, fear of electricity or she thinks that electricity hurts yeah. her, but it's just kind of like a psychosomatic thing. Um, so they live like in total isolation and her daughter's like grid. been homeschooled and all this stuff. Mostly, and it's all stems from the fact that she had like this childhood trauma with her mother and that's why she ran away from home. Um, this wasn't very good. It's very disappointing because it's really boring. Yeah. And, and it short. feels very long and it's only like 80 minutes. Yeah, it's 83 <laughs> minutes. But I definitely remember when we started, I was like, sweet. You know how I like a yeah. short movie. And then by the end, I was like, man, that felt so long. I'm guessing 
it was probably a short at some point and they stretched it as much as they could into a feature film. <sighs> this is weird because I genuinely think the concept is not a bad one. Like I, the idea, like, you know, everybody, the whole like scared of turning into your parents or like, you know, all the things you find annoying about your parents are exactly mm-hmm. what you do. Like, it's just the way life is. Um, but, uh, like it's just not very well executed. Um, yeah. I think it had potential to be great yeah, and have too. some good, like family generational thematic s- stuff. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't pull it off. And I also feel like it maybe could have leaned a little more into the like Korean mythology around death yeah. and parentage and funerals. Like it only just bar- feels like it just barely touches on that, which is like, it feels like that should kind of be the main focus. Like, yeah. And it's not at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. And the electricity thing just feels a little like, doesn't necessarily feel like it belongs. Like, yeah, it's weird. And also it sucks because the movie is too dark. Like yeah, visually. Yeah, because there's you no can't see electric anything. Light, yeah, I And agree. they could have well, lit it so it would be at least visible for the audience. Well, yeah, here's <laughs> the thing. It's really dark and it's clearly shot on some kind of digital that looks really grainy yeah. in the dark. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have good. black blacks. It's like blocky blacks. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't look great. Um so yeah, I don't. I haven't written a review for this yet, so I don't have like a ton of thoughts put together on it yet. But I just, yeah, it's just not very good. It was pretty disappointing. I went. I didn't have like super high hopes for it, but yeah, it looked interesting, and I like a female led all most. You know, I know two, that's two, why I'm disappointed. Two main female characters, the female director, and yeah, just I don't know, just didn't work for me at all. No. Oh yeah, Sam Raimi produced this. That's a weird connection. It's the Raimi hour. <laughs> Um, Bruce Campbell showed up at the end though. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I don't think I'd really recommend it. No, I don't know. It could have been better and it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Just not great. It's got a lot of like cheap jump scares and that are kind of the same jump scare over and over and over again. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense because like the mom could very easily say what's happening or like, it would make it would be more interesting if the mom was like crazy, but then like the daughter early on sees weird things too, and no one talks about it. And wait, what does the daughter see early? She sees the grandma walking around. The daughter does. Oh, you're right. You're right. Like in the dress and yeah, that's stuff. true. You're right. So I don't know. Not good. Yeah, agreed. You have three stars. I still liked it better than Texas Chainsaw Remake. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, well, yeah. I liked it better than that. Uh, this movie didn't make me angry. It's just kind of boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't rated it yet, but I'll probably give it like a t- either a two, probably two and a half, honestly. Harley is getting into cuddling under her blanket. Shoving herself under making a blanket. Making a little tent. Knocking, about to knock things <laughs> off the chair. She's determined. So next up, we watched yet another brand new 2022 Ah, movie. We're kicking ass this month. Go us. So we went to a preview screening of Resurrection uh, 2022, directed by Andrew Simmons, uh, who the only movie he directed is called Nancy Please. (laughs) uh, Nancy Please. So Resurrection. Maintain control. That's the tagline. That's a terrible tagline. It really is. The tagline should be, he's in here. <laughs> he's always in here. Yeah. Can't you hear or, him? <laughs> do me a kindness. Yeah. That'd be a good tagline. That'd be better. <laughs> um, so he has a great poster. 
Mm -hmm. Really cool poster. Very modern. Um, A woman's carefully constructed life is upended when an unwelcome shadow from her past returns, forcing her to confront the monster she's evaded for two decades. And that monster is played by Tim Roth. Oh, well, how lovely. (laughs) Um, Starring uh, Rebecca Hall. uh, My man. (laughs) That that was intended to be about Rebecca Hall. uh, (laughs) And Tim Roth and Grace Kaufman, Michael Esper. I don't think I really recognized anybody else. Did you? Was oh yeah, I wanted to see if Grace Kaufman was if we'd seen her in anything, but it does not look like we have. She looked kind of familiar. She plays the daughter. Um, so yeah, basically, I don't know how much do we want to spoil with this one. I don't think a lot of people are going to get to see this or have even heard of it, but I don't think we should spoil too much. Okay, but I think it's hard not to talk about it without. Well, you don't have to get the thing. Okay. Well, yeah, you don't get into the specifics about the, <laughs> you know what, but go, you want you to talk a little bit about what it's about. I've been talking a lot. Um, so I haven't written a review either, yeah. but so I liked it because I think Rebecca Hall is amazing in this. She's incredible. She's like, has this She's- like 10 minute monologue that is super intense. Yes. And she's talking about her traumatic past with Tim Roth. And so you finally get to hear all this crazy stuff that happened. Well, that's like 40 minutes into the movie. You're like, why is she so freaked out? Like, you know, something bad happened to her, but you don't know what. And then she kind of finally spills the story in this one sequence. It's also great because you kind of see her unravel from like, like the description said, like she's very like corporate girl boss yeah. n- is like convincing other people. Not- Single mom. Like, yeah. Know, she's like she's doing herself. very successful. And then, uh, she's like convincing people in the workplace. Like you deserve oh, yeah. better. She's like a role model for yeah. her intern who is in an abusive relationship. And yeah. she like convinces her to get out of it. And, but then like Tim Roth appears and you're like, like she completely starts falling apart from like PTSD and mm-hmm. all these horrible memories, which when you find out are is like insane. Let's just say craziness that happened to her. It's a bit, it's, it reminded me a lot of the purple man in the Jessica Jones show. Yeah. Like he's like basically he can, like a sadist who convinced her to do all this stuff. Yeah. And he's very like charismatic and, and like kind of, influenced her parents uh-huh. to let him like let her li- move in with him when she was 18 yeah. like crazy stuff like that and um we're not gonna give away the big thing but he did something truly uh horrendous yeah that uh really messed her up because she kind of convinced herself that it was her fault mm-hmm. um and so when he returned she's very like i have to protect my daughter this guy is insane. He's going to ruin everything or hurt her, which he basically does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, we talked about this after the movie. There's a lot of things that happen that later on, you very subtly realize that he had had a hand. Yeah. In, like bad stuff that happened to her and her daughter. It might've been too subtle because yeah. like, there's one thing I didn't even think of. There's like this weird tooth thing. Yeah. Oh boy. Very <laughs> creepy. I was just like, Oh, I didn't even pick up on that until like after the movie ended. Um, the problem is though, I think the ending, like the aud- audience we saw it with thought it was hilariously bad. I think. Yeah. They were, well, they were very confused, obviously. Yeah. Which is like, have you ever seen a movie? Do you know how to read subtext? Yeah. <laughs> 
Because like the ending is insane. It's kind of like the ending of Men is insane. Agreed. So it's like, do you think this is really happening or do you think it's in her head or it's clearly is it neither? Some <laughs> kind of metaphorical. Yeah, I don't want to. It's hard to talk about without spoiling it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the ending is definitely uh, dark and uh, it, it takes it reminds me actually a lot of the end. The director's cut, I think, ending of um, The Descent. Yeah. Uh, which I won't say because I don't want to spoil either <laughs> either that movie or this movie, but um, it reminds me of that a little bit. Um, yeah, in that it is like a parenting, a very tragic kind of parenting ending. Yeah, but it's definitely like a psychological thriller. Yeah, with some very horror elements. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Roth is really great at being creepy. Boy, he's really scary in this. <laughs> I agreed, and and yeah like you said Rebecca Hall kills it man she's like approaching uh Rachel Weiss levels in my head like she's and yet she never gets recognition for it like I've liked her since Vicky Christina Barcelona Mm -hmm. and she like you loved her in Night House last year I thought it was so good she's apparently in the prestige I don't remember that but oh Christine that was another one where I thought she was yeah oh man she was great in that movie I forgot about that yeah so I feel like this is might be another one where she gets in like bottom of the barrel for credit but yeah i mean this is a pretty her monologue alone is creepy but yeah i already i definitely would put her in the in my head cannon running for uh at best actress for sure for this and she's really carving like a little genre of her own like with nighthouse in this mm-hmm. crazy ladies crazy <laughs> yeah, single and christine ladies. yeah um, crazy single white ladies <laughs> uh the other thing i did i know we talked about this movie a lot already now but uh, the other thing i did want to mention is it has some really cool cinematography that is subtle but like both of us walked out and i was going did you notice that one the shot focus, and both, Paul. <laughs> yeah there's like these, these crazy sequences where the shot it's a super shallow depth of field and you're it's like a super tight focus on moving subjects and stuff it's just really um like if you don't if you're not into like filmmaking or photography like you might not really notice it but it's mm-hmm. a very super interesting and really difficult yeah shot and they do it more than once there's a couple shots like that that are really cool um, so yeah, I was really, I mean, I, I, after we saw the trailer, I was really interested in this cause it set, looked like an interesting idea. Um, but I was pretty pleasantly surprised. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. I ended up liking it. I think the ending's gonna, I still wrestling with if I, I think the, the ending, ending works or not. Yeah. I get that. It's a definitely, the ending is very different from the rest of the movie. Yeah. For sure. Um, what, what do you think you're going to give it? Probably three and a half. I'm I'm wavering towards maybe giving it a four. I'm not yeah. sure, uh, but it's it's pretty good. I liked this movie. Yeah, so I think it comes out this week. I know the Plaza is getting it, but it would probably end up at the art houses. Yeah, I agree. And probably not too long before it's streaming because I don't imagine it's going to get a wide release. So yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to get a pretty small release, but it's pretty good. I think it's worth seeing. I liked it. Yeah. Besides, nope. I liked it better than all of the other new movies we saw this month mm-hmm. by far. Um, yeah. So that's resurrection from this year. And what's our last movie to live and die in LA. So this came out in 1985 directed by William Friedkin. A federal agent is dead. A killer is loose and the city of angels is about to explode. That's the tagline. Man, great tagline. Also, very short description for a kind of complicated movie. 
A fearless secret service agent will stop at nothing to bring down the counterfeiter who counterfeiter who killed his partner. I mean, it pretty much. I guess that does sum it up. Never (laughs) mind. Pretty much the gist. That's exactly what I would have said. Starring William Peterson, who is from Manhunter. Mm -hmm. Willem Dafoe. Okay, does William Freakin only do Willem? Williams and Williams in his That's movies. Uh, John Pankow, Deborah Feuer, John Turturro, Dean Stockwell, Darlene Flugel, Michael Green, Steve James, Robert Downey. Who was Robert Downey Sr.? I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, he was the cop who was like, I'm not approving your $30,000 oh, like, request. Yeah. Cop or <laughs> I didn't even recognize him. You're That's out funny. of line. <laughs> McGonagall. <laughs> Oh, um, Michelle. Huh? So I asked you when we were watching the movie, I was like, where do we know his partner from? Why is that guy so familiar? I looked he, him up. He's the guy in Monkey Shines, the guy who creates the, uh, the, uh, the formula. I didn't see that, that, that on IMDb when it's I was looking. Yeah, because he, he's kind of cool. He's great in Monkey Shines because he's real wacky. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. I just noticed that and I got real excited. <laughs> Um, so we literally just stopped watching this movie, yeah, like, like but we half an hour ago. both really, really liked it. Yeah. I honestly think this might be my favorite William Friedkin movie. Like the only one that would be close would be The Exorcist. So William Friedkin that we've seen, Exorcist, French Connection, Sorcerer, Cruising, Bug, and this. I liked Cruising too, but I think I liked this better. Um, I'm still an Exorcist fan though. Oh, yeah, I do, too. But I think this will be second. Yeah, it's those two are definitely close. I like The Exorcist a lot. I'm not that crazy about French Connection. I think Sorcerer's okay. Cruising was good. Bug is, Cruising is not different, good. for sure. Bug yeah. is okay, I guess. I am the super mother box. Yeah, that's the main thing I took away from it, <laughs> being able to say that. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um, weird, weird, weird. Weird, weird, weird. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like this a lot. Yeah, it's all about bad cops. Doing whatever the hell they want. Yeah. That's <laughs> and good that, cops being sucked into the bad cops. It makes you want to learn about what the Secret Service does besides protect the president because... Well, that's what one part I don't get. Well, it's funny because I just read a really great comic called The Fear Case, uh, either early this year or last year, I don't remember, um, that is about... They, they open the story by saying, like, the Secret Service, when they first started, before the FBI existed, like, they also solved, like, mysteries, mm-hmm. like federal cases and in that comic like there's a case that the secret service has been trying to solve for like 200 years like since the start of the u.s harley um, keeps staring into my soul from her little over, chair she made a little <laughs> fort over there uh, but yeah it is weird that it's this is the only movie i can think of that focuses on a secret service agent like solving a crime he's not an fbi agent or a yeah. cop or dea or anything like that secret service kind of interesting but it's just i don't understand how he's like protecting the president and then doing like counterfeit yeah. crime. yeah he's protecting like, where's the jurisdiction the line it's there weird. it is odd <laughs> i agree um so William Peterson actually ended up being better in this than Manhunter, yeah. where he's like a wet blanket. He's like a living person. Yeah, in this movie he breathes, he like, moves. <laughs> yeah, I love Manhunter, but he is so boring. He's such yeah. a terrible lead lead in that movie. But we also get Willem Dafoe being like, so oh, he's good in this. He's really good in this. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say it's one of his best roles. Yeah. Honestly. And that's I, I don't know how to describe him. He's like he's a big personality. He's very like. <laughs> calm and collected and yeah. 
uh, I want to say like sensual. Yeah, he's very sensual. <laughs> he's very pretty in this he movie. He tucks in his shirt a lot. <laughs> he's very slim and fit. He's naked a lot. That's true. There's a lot of nudity He's in this. He's hanging around naked a lot. We saw some dongs. We saw William Peterson's <laughs> hanging dong for sure. Um, but I guess the whole movie, there's a lot about like power. Well, yeah, power it's like place? this guy basically is just William Peterson. Like, will literally go to any and all ends to uh, well avenge his partner. Yeah, to avenge his partner by by arresting this, catching this guy who nobody's been able to catch. Who, yeah, who's a counterfeiter and murderer. Um, and, and an artist, <laughs> his new partner is like a good guy and is like, we can't be doing this. Or like, if you're going to do something bad, like you at least need to ask me first and yeah. like, I need to know what's happening. And it but just I'm keeps not getting, a snitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it keeps getting crazier and crazier and they it keeps getting more out of control. Yeah. Um, and this movie, I, I, I would say the last like act of this movie is really surprising. I did not see where. Yeah, where I was, was like, "Oh, this changes everything." Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's also just like a great action movie. Like it's kind of constant. Like there really yeah. isn't a slow moment in the movie. I mean, you start when a, a dude exploding basically in the yeah. first five minutes. Yeah, and someone gets lit on fire. There's car chases. A bunch of people get shot. Lots of shooting. Mm -hmm. Lots of dead bodies. (laughs) Lots of big fires. Yeah. There's a whole montage where uh, Willem Dafoe is doing his counterfeit money thing that's really cool. Where you see how he does it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the whole movie. It's just, it's, this is, I feel like, is the way people talk about French Connection. That's how I feel this movie actually is. Like it's great yeah. action. It feels like it could really happen, even though it's crazy. Um, like the car chase is great. Like literally all the compliments people pay to French Connection that I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, felt earned here. Um, I agree. Yeah, I thought this was a, a blast. It's really cool. So this is definitely. I would say this is going on my discoveries list for this year. A pick by me. How yeah, surprising. Yeah. Hey, we haven't done the debate yet. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what else to say. It was just great. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Definitely worth seeing if you can, if you're into bad cop movies. Yeah, just crime, crime movies in crime. general. It's yeah. a really, really good crime movie. Um, yeah, so highly recommended. I, I, I haven't read it yet since we literally just watched this, but I would guess four. I'm going with four. four. And a half. Something like that. Uh, four stars. Yeah. It is not streaming. We ended up renting it because Yeah. I don't think I've been it's on my been on my watch list for a few months and has not popped up anywhere. Yeah. So we've I was been like, trying okay, to watch this for a while. We need to go rent it. <laughs> Probably we'll end up buying it if there's a cool edition out Yeah, there. I wonder if somebody has a good copy of this. But yeah, so we both really like this one. So that's a that's a good one to end on. Yep. So I think we'll wrap up there our monthly roundup. Thanks, Mr. Dean. And uh, we'll see you on the other side when we'll, uh, we're, we're going to bring into the, bring into the courtroom. Michelle, go ahead and head to head. We're going to bring into the courtroom some evidence and let you decide. The viewer.
All right, so we're going to do our debate. So we haven't done one of these in a while, so here's how this works. So I talk a lot, and everyone agrees with me. No. <laughs> we each picked a movie that the other person has not seen, and our goal when the debate is trying to convince you, the audience, <gasps> and each other, I guess, that, uh, that we ought to watch their movie first. So we'll probably end up watching both of these before next month's episode. Is, at least that's what we did last time. Yeah. <laughs> but which one should we watch first? So and I'm, the winner gets to pick the next three movies no, that we have no, to watch. No, 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 no. It has to be whatever no, they want. No, 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 no. None this of is your chance, Harper. Shot on video. No, because I always feature. lose these things. <laughs> um, so, and then what we'll do, so we each will have one minute to give our opening arguments, and then we'll each have 30 seconds to do a rebuttal. And then we'll post a poll on Twitter and let you guys decide. You folks. <laughs> guys an and X. gals. <laughs> yeah. We'll let uh, our listeners decide which movie wins the debate. So I'm going to be arguing for Dead Man, the Jim Jarmusch 1995 movie. Here's the description. On the run after murdering a man, accountant William Blake encounters a strange North American man, North American, I mean Native <laughs> American, I believe, man named Nobody, who prepares him for his journey into the spiritual world. And Michelle? Mine is going to be Scarface, which came out in 1983, directed by Brian De Palma. So after getting a green card in exchange for assassinating a Cuban government official, Tony Montana stakes a claim on the drug trade in Miami, viciously murdering anyone who stands in his way. Tony eventually becomes the biggest drug lord in the state, controlling nearly all the cocaine that comes through Miami. But increased pressure from the police, wars with Colombian drug cartels, and his own drug-fueled paranoia serve to fuel the flames of his eventual downfall. All right. So who should go first with our opening arguments? Uh, Harley will pick. Harley! <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, flip a coin. Ah, oh, Harper, you go first. <laughs> wow, what a cool coin. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I can go first. <laughs> uh, okay, let me get the timer ready. You want to man the timer? When it goes off, hold that. I will woman so we, the timer. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and like, give me like a, give me like a, You'll know Give when you're symbol when we're at 30 seconds, 30? or when we're at 10, do like a countdown or something. I'll go like, I'll when do the tube 30. man at 30. Tube man, okay. <laughs> and then what should be the 10 and then 10? five? Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, ready? Can we use psychological warfare in this debate? <laughs> no. All right, you ready? No, I'm not. Hold on. Ready in three, two, one. Uh, Dead Man's directed by indie sensation Jim Jarmusch, who did Only Lovers Left Alive, Ghost Dog, and Broken Flowers. Gorgeous black and white cinematography by Robbie Muller of Paris, Texas, Ghost Dog, and To Live and Die in L.A. Edited by Jay Rabinowitz, who edited Requiem for a Dream, Tree of Life, and The Fountain. Production design by Bob Zimbicki from Boogie Nights, Scream 2, and Blast from the Past. Haunting electric guitar score by Neil Young. Uh, the cast includes a pre-problematic Johnny Depp. Uh, Gary Farmer, the uncle from Reservation Dogs, Crispin Glover, Lance Henriksen, <laughs> Nopes, Michael Wincott, John Hurt, Robert Mitchum, Iggy Pop, Gary Byrne, uh, Jared Harris, Alfred Molina, Billy Bob Thornton, and Steve Buscemi. It's on Criterion. New York Times film critic <laughs> called it one of the best movies of the 90s. Wikipedia says it's generally regarded as well-researched in regard to Native American culture. And it's just a great movie that I love. 
and that uh, it's spiritual and philosophical and cool, and it's the neatest, weirdest Western you'll ever see. Time's up! Ah! <laughs> okay. Right. A lot happened at once. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Uh, let me drink some go-go juice. <laughs> yeah, I had a Snickers before I went. Okay. All right, ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. It's directed by Brian De Palma right after he did Blowout, but before he did Body Double. So it's that perfect little spot because we love Blowout. It's starring Al Pacino, but it's early Al Pacino. So you have him like Godfather cruising, Dog Day Afternoon Pacino, and not creepy like Insomnia Al Pacino. You also get Michelle Pfeiffer. This is one of her first roles outside of TV and Grease 2, the movie. So before Catwoman, but she's still awesome. You also get Stephen Bauer, who is in Butter Call Saul because he's a drug co- cartel boss and everything he does. And F. Murray Abraham shows up, Mythic Quest. Um, composer Giorgio Moroder, who's the father of disco. So you get like Donna Summer, I Feel Love, disco crazy stuff, and heavy sense of disco music throughout the entire movie. Um, there's a lot, lot of go- uh, violence and gore. The high body count is 42. So you know you're going to get lots and lots of blood. Um, it's the Palmas version of the Godfather, basically, but commercialized, stylized, over the top, and bloody. Uh, it's oversaturated, yes, but uh, it's worth being seen. Sound editors nominated for sound editing and sound effects, and <laughs> one minute's too some, uh, short. <laughs> well, that's the idea. It's supposed yeah. to be crazy. <laughs> and even get to my best trivia. Damn. <laughs> All right. So now I guess I need to do a rebuttal. Whatever that means. I guess you'll find out. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want a timer? 30 seconds. And go. Scarface is lame. Uh, and everybody, <laughs> all the lame people, it's a, such a bro film bro movie. It's like, yeah, my favorite movie is Scarface, Fight Club, and Memento. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, I feel like I've already seen all the best parts because it gets referenced all the time. Um, it's also really long and that's lame and boring and I hate long movies. Uh, and yes, it's in a good period of Brian De Palma movies, but Brian De Palma has also made a lot of crap movies around uh, in his later era. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't go off. Oh, weird. <laughs> like a lot less than 30 seconds. Damn. <laughs> I don't remember what you said about Dead Man now, but okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. All right, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. So Jim Jarmusch can be really hit or miss. So I don't know if we want to like say Jim Jarmusch is great and you have to watch Dead Man. Also, I know that you said it's unproblematic Johnny Depp, but currently is is it the best time to watch a Johnny Depp movie right now? Like we don't know what he did. Also, I'm going to tie this back to mine. Like how have you seen Raising Kane but not Scarface by Brian De Palma? Also, it must be one of his best pieces. So I don't know. <laughs> is there any time left? Watch Scarface. <laughs> All right. Those are our arguments and we're sticking yeah. to them. Do you have any last thoughts you wanted to say? Yeah, you want one closing sentence? Ooh. Uh, well, let me, here, we'll do a closing argument to How the jury. How about this? Why that? you should watch it? Just uh, all it is is a closing <laughs> statement, like one sentence. And I'll ask... A really long sentence. I'll ask you, the jury. Here's mine. I'll ask the jury, <laughs> which of these two movies is on the Criterion Collection? I close my case. <laughs> <laughs> Rest my case. That's not what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um... What list has Grace uh, more best movies of all time list? 
Scarface or Dead Man? I think we know. And yes, it might be oversaturated, oh, one sentence. One but sentence. it's been like 30 eh. years, so. <laughs> <laughs> Negative five points. <laughs> all right. So now it's in your hands, listener. So we all have to vote. And you can't, Mom, you can't just vote for Scarface because you like Michelle <laughs> so more than me. Yes, so. you can. She can do whatever she wants. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, I should have done like get shorty and you should have done like Scarface <laughs> yeah. and then, then mom would have to vote for me. Well, what two movies would your mom not be able to pick from? She always wants us to watch, uh, for water, like, water for chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And get short. Well, we watched get shorty, but yeah, uh, I don't know, but all right. So yeah, now it's up to you all to uh, vote. So we'll have the, uh, poll up on Twitter and we'll, we'll pin it to our Twitter, right? Or something like that. I don't know. We'll do the Twitters. What the Twitter uh, Twitters. Do. Um, and we'll probably watch it this month. Yeah. And our we'll goal, see who won. We'll <laughs> probably watch both of them. We'll try to watch both of them this month, but we'll definitely watch the winner before the next But if I win, I'm picking all the movies we watch this month. No, it's not. I did not agree <laughs> to that part of the deal. And you have to bring me chocolate uh-uh. every day. No, no, and no, no, no. get me more go-go juice. No. See, I, I can associate with uh, Tony Montana. Because there's never enough go-go juice. <laughs> weird, weird, weird. <laughs> all right. So I think that's going to wrap us up. Um, so don't forget, you can always see a list of all the movies we talked about on our Letterboxd. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Splice Podcast. Don't forget to check that poll. Uh, and let us know what movies you watched this month. And, you know, after you vote in that poll, tell us why... Michelle is dumb and that Scarface is lame. Uh, or why we shouldn't watch a Johnny Depp movie right now. Oh, it's a Johnny Depp movie from 30 years ago, so whatever. Um, <laughs> we'll see you or you'll hear us soon on another episode of Spliced, Spliced Together. Together.